Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Hello, bonjour, hola, ni hao, konnichiwa, welcome to Saturday Draft Live. My name is David Hockney, uh, back once again presenting the number one show on Eat Sleep Suplex Retweets back catalogue. And we are less now than three weeks away from WrestleMania, so it's starting to get pretty competitive, both in our main league and our listeners league. But we'll get straight into that uh, right after I do a little bit of... Uh, a little bit of messages here. So if this is your first time listening to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, uh, firstly, where the hell have you been? But you can catch all our back catalogue on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, now um, Spotify for podcasters, uh, on any good podcasting site on your de- preferred device of choice. Um, we're also on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and TikTok as well, at Suplex Retweet. So be sure to join our community page, get involved with the discussion, the conversation, and let us know what you think. Uh, but I'm not joined alone. I am joined by Mr. Scott McLeod. Scott, how are you? Uh, I've been better, Dave. I've been better. Uh, yeah. I ended up doing my score or anything. I'm just not feeling my best today. But, you know, I persevere. Uh, you know, yep, persevere, power through. That's that's what I like to see. You know, it uh, doesn't matter if you're feeling about under the weather. The show must go on, nonetheless. And it's uh, it's good to have you on board. So, But I'll tell you what's... Uh, What's going down right now is that the competition, as I said at the start, is getting very, very tense now, and we're only three weeks away from WrestleMania. So it's it's almost like, you know, blinking you miss it this season, isn't it? Yeah, because it feels like there's so much in between, like we had Chamber Revolution, things like that. But mm. I think also this season, the fact that the Rumble was like, which I think they'll on the last day of January, so... Before you know, we're in February. The season started. We missed a week at the start of February because the season officially started after we made our predictions and where our teams are put together. So, yeah, not really that much time. Mm-hmm. Well, let's not waste any time. Let's get straight into our top three of the week. And back once again, uh, same as last week. Uh, it's Mammy Rhea Ripley on ten points this week. Now, Scott. Number one draft pick overall, currently joint second in the top ten of the season, and she seems to be, you know, in a very good position to get a big win at WrestleMania. How beneficial has she been to Team Goats and Carnet this season thus far? Uh, very important. I said uh, at the start of the season that we have the number one pick, and between the two, well, I think you could get away with choosing either of them or winner, but if you didn't choose one of them, you'd be an idiot and. It was a great choice by David Campbell after giving that, not giving Tom Brock any fucking credit. <laughs> but I think the only reason that she's like only number two, not number one, is because she's been doing a lot more promos rather than matches, despite the fact she's appearing across both shows. And also the fact that Asuka, who's number one this season, she's she had that chamber performance, so that's taken her mm. up ahead of, of Rhea Ripley. But, you know... 10 points for this week just by mainly appearances. There's nothing to be sniffed at, especially this close to our big match with, with Charlotte Flair. Yeah, I mean, when you've got an Elimination Chamber performance like that, there's no catching that person. I mean, you can attest to that as well. A couple of years ago, mm-hmm. you had Shayna Baszler as your captain, and she ran roughshod 
through the elimination chamber. She scored you massive points, and I believe that was your first uh, your first win that season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So also also I had Miss Morrison in the tag team, for, so that worked out well. <laughs> of course, yeah. All right, second place in our top three. Uh, quite a surprising entry uh, this week as well, but a big point scorer nonetheless. Kevin Owens on twelve points. Now. Kevin Owens has been a bit of a, a bit of an anomaly this season because we we all sort of have an idea of what might happen with his program leading into Mania because you know you could see like it's looking like it could be a KO and Sammy versus Usos match at WrestleMania but he's scoring big points this week. Um, do you think this is just a one off or do you think you know we could be starting to see more consistent appearances as we close that gap towards Mania? Uh, Kevin Owens has always been a weird one for me. If we were doing this, this draft back in like 2015, 16 time, or even 2017, like he was always in a title scene of some sort, so he would always be like a very, very valuable pick, but you, know, you, you never know what's going to happen with Kevin Owens. Mm-hmm. But I think the fact that he's so integral to this bloodline story with Sammy, and the fact that we're, like, we're just a little bit away from confirming that they're going to have that tie title match at WrestleMania, I think he is an important pick this season, I think. If he and Sammy have the tag belts going into next season, he will be a valuable pick. Whether as a singles or maybe someone might you know, take the the shot of having Sammy as a tag team pick. Mm-hmm. I mean, scoring 12 points alone, he's practically more than doubled his total points this week. He's broken into the top 10 now at position number 9, and he was the fifth overall selection from pair of fannies and was a first-round pick. So definitely, um, possibly long-term booking uh, or long term uh long term selection thinking ahead and it's uh certainly benefited Jack and Ryan given that they're not doing too great performance wise this season. But unsurprisingly top uh number one on the top three of the week, uh with a score of four to three retaining the AW world title at Revolution against Brian Danielson is MJF with sixteen points uh this week. Now we talked about the scoring for MJF and the Iron Man match is that um each individual pin counts as a win, and the overall result counts as a, a title win. So, and with a score of four to three, it's uh, it's a very good score of uh, sixteen points for for MJF, and very beneficial for Team Goats Incarnate. Yeah, it's a it's a must need a pay per view win. It's a very rare. I think this is one of the rare times we'll see MJF that high up in the top three because you know he's made it clear he's probably not going to wrestle that much during the state or in if it if he does wrestle it will be on pay per view. So you gotta take like the most amount of points you can get, but I wouldn't get used to seeing MJF scoring that highly. Yeah, he was the last pick of the selection overall, given the the snake draft selection, but he is currently sitting fifth in the top ten with twenty five points overall. So possibly uh again more than doubled his points just in this past week alone. So it's um yeah Definitely Goats Incarnate thinking ahead with the whole AEW pay-per-view points and the Iron Man match just gets them uh, gets them a few extra points, especially when you need it at this time of the of the season. But let's see how that affects the, the overall rankings of the table. So position seventh, we have Grant McRobbie and Kwaku Ajay with uh, Albagu Graps 2.0 still at the bottom on 75 points. And then just above them, we have on 85 points, Jack and Ryan with pair of fannies. Uh, funnily enough, second highest scorers this week alone, uh, 23 points, but not enough to get them out of the, the bottom two. 
Then we have Serenity. Now it's you and your brother Ross Scott on 91 points. Um, then moving the middle of the table now, we have Ryan Gallagher and Chris Anthony Lopez, the Transatlantic Heartbreakers on 93 points. Uh, we have third place, Andy and Stephen with Andy and Stephen in the morning uh, on 102 points. Then we have last season's winners, second place, myself and Gary, men in a mission 2.0, 108 points, just six points ahead. And literally one solo point ahead, claiming the uh, top of the table this week. God save us. It's Team Goats Incarnate, the Goat David Campbell and Tom Brock on 109 points. Scoring, uh, big scoring this week, all thanks primarily to MJF. But, Scott, take a wild guess at how many points that Team Goats Incarnate scored this week. I really don't care to make a guess, just tell me. It's 44. Oh, good Probably for enough. them. Move on yeah. with your life. <laughs> but, Move yeah, it's, um, I think the uh, the sooner we can get Goats Incarnate off the top of the table, the better, because, you know, the... The gloating's already happened, but they're in a position now to be potentially the first uh, participant to win a draft from position number one in the selection process. Do you think that's going to happen, or do you think we'll see a men on a mission retention this season? Well, you got to uh, remember that they also have Charlotte Flair on their team, who had a, a win this week on SmackDown. They had three Ripley appearances, as we talked about, and MJF also in the top three, so that'll be a major thing. I think the fact that you and uh, Gary have the Young Bucks and we saw they didn't have as good a revolution showing mm. result wise that you lost didn't points. help you guys yeah you guys lost points whereas these guys given the way that the Iron Man thing was scored were able to were able to gain points but I think the fact that both Charlotte and Bianca were are probably going to lose their titles I know it'll be their other picks in the case of Charlotte but I think two title losses at Wrestlemania might not be the result they look for, even though we try to say that to them when they made the pick, so like, oh, why is no one pick Bianca and Charlotte? Because they're probably going to lose it in media and you want people who are going to win. I mean, he's all about all the, he's all about all the the points you you get along the way and everything, but like, they've been in the lower half of the table for, they were in the lower part of the table for a good wee while and then they made their way up and like, Mm -hmm. they're only one point ahead, so it only takes one bad week for them to tumble down because like, me and Ross, Ryan and Chris, and Stephen and Andy, it only takes one great week for us to help climb up in the top three or top two, and then you and Gary, vice versa, could easily overtake the goats with one e- easy result. Mm-hmm. So from fifth upwards, you know, it's not a sure thing quite yet. And I don't want to put the other guys down. I mean, Grant and Quacky, I think we didn't really give them much of a chance during the preview show. Mm-hmm. But they were higher up on the table for longer than we thought they would until they've made their way mm-hmm. back down to the bottom. Yeah, but I think their AEW heavy team, I think, is now going to fizzle out a little bit, given that, you know, the majority of uh, programming is going to be WWE and WrestleMania for the last few weeks. Also, can I talk about a pair of things? Just to, Ryan Douglas, I've tried to, you know, be nice to that man, you know, given the benefit of the doubt. But he... He was so confident, shouting it from the rooftops that he can he wouldn't give any other team credit, he wouldn't you know he wouldn't protect any other one other than his own team. He was so confident in his own team's abilities. Has he and Jack been out of the bottom half of the table at all this season? Uh not that I'm aware. Uh let me see. Jack and Ryan. Their best scoring week was last week where they got twenty eight points total, but 
as far as I can tell, I don't. I think they've consistently been in the lower, the lower half of the table all season long. Yeah, and me and Ross both back down, even though Jimmy here won at Revolution, you know, we've had links of Gunther and Austin Theory mainly doing promos rather than, or appearances rather than the matches. But we were, a few weeks ago we were third, at one point we were second, and then we've moved back down a few places, but we're not out of it yet, whereas Jack and Ryan, I think the highest they've been is fifth or fourth. Mm-hmm. I even think they were yeah. fourth. Although... You have to wonder, though, I mean, Goats Incarnate's tag team is the team of Drew and Sheamus, who are now basically having goes at each other over the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, maybe it just goes to show, you know, maybe the GOAT, David Campbell, hasn't got a good uh, track record of selecting tag teams, given that last uh, a few years ago he selected the Golden Role Models, only for them to face each other inside Hell in a Cell. But you think uh, this uh, dissolving tag team for Goats Incarnate is going to hamper them? Yeah, you know, David Campbell will try and say the same way he did with the Golden Rolls. Oh yeah, but they're all they're feeding against each other, they'll be in the same segments, yes, but the whole point of a tag team is to get a tag team that wins all the time because they get scored together. Mm. So, you need a bit more than just appearances at this stage. And maybe we'll get like a, if it ends up the triple threat that we think it's going to be, they'll be like, oh, a week before maybe it's Kaiser and Vici versus Drew and Seamus. But, Again, like you don't want your tag team in a feud with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, less of the main league for now. Um, Scott, I'm going to hand it over to you now to discuss the uh, the current standings of the Listeners League and, of course, uh, the scoring so far for the uh, Listeners League Cup as well. So I'll hand it over to you. All right. So for, if only I wasn't, if I wasn't feeling shit enough already. Mm-hmm. Make me do this. I know. John's number five with 128 points. Well, tied technically fourth, we think, for 128 points. John Sly with Judgment Day 1-ish. And Alan Norrie with Mammy Mania. Gary Morris is in third, 133 points. Barrier Brothers and Sisters, you weird individual. My <laughs> boy, Anthony Fitzpatrick. Uh, Dan Gore with the Field Lab Experiment, 138 points. He's just two points behind Ross Brady with the Big Banger Bros theory on 140. So, uh, Anthony Fitzpatrick is just a few points behind Ross Brady. It seems, uh, I won't get out Gary Morris or anything, but it's, I am between uh, Ross Brady and Anthony Fitzpatrick for who's going to join us in the next season. And the way this tab is, uh, I'm not going to try and look up who's in each guy's team, because I couldn't tell you who's in both guys' teams. So, Okay, go ahead to the Listeners League Cup. None of the guys that are in the top five here are in the final, are in the semis for the Listeners League Cup, so it won't be a case of the Listeners League winner also winning the cup, guaranteeing them a spot to pick first. We will have, it's looking like we'll have two Listeners League competitors next season, basically with a transfer window, uh, and it's the longest season. That is not a nice possibility for me. Uh, we have our semi-finals, which will happen over the next week, leading to a finals, which will take place at WrestleMania Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> the winner of the the winner of the old firm bracket, the top uh, right hand side, Jonathan Napier, having defeated Elora May, uh, twenty nine points to four. Uh, we'll take on in the semis Tam Mick, because Javi's name is cut out. The winner of the Ugly Boss next. 
uh, bracket on the bottom right hand side defeating JP definitely an ugly boss I've never even met him back until that <laughs> uh, beating 33 points to 18 on the other side we have former listeners league winner Matt Smith got the Doctor Who guy winning the Louis Dangour bracket 23 points to 21 over Ross McClucky not very lucky for him and he will take on the semi-finals <laughs> Mike Angus the winner of the Brit Rest bracket defeating David Collins the bad David uh, 25 points to 11 there we go we have three potential newbies for next season, or we could have Matt Smith joining the main season for a second time. So, do you think Matt's? What do you think? Do you think Matt Smith's experience will help him secure a spot in next season? He'll pass through the final, or do you think it may just be a case of luck for these other guys? Uh, I guess it all just depends, you know, how the uh, the scoring goes so far. Last I checked, I think Matt Smith was currently in the lead, but not by much. Uh, so it's going to be uh, definitely going to be a close one if Matt wants to try and uh, become a two-time Listeners League winner. So yeah, that was the uh, the Listeners League standings, and we've got our next semi-final decider coming up next week. So let's hope uh, our participants get as many points as they can. But Scott, I want to to wrap up today's episode with something you mentioned earlier on about. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn possibly being a, a tag team pick for next season. So I want to get your thoughts on, you know, we're close to WrestleMania now. We're basically hitting the reset button with uh, storylines and we're basically starting from scratch uh, with WWE programming effectively. So who do you see as potentially the big scorers for next season, considering that it's going to be from the night after WrestleMania all the way up to SummerSlam? It's our longest season yet, so definitely a lot of potential there. Any standouts? Uh, I do think Kevin and Sammy taking a shot on them as a tag team. If they win the tag team titles from the US, which it looks like they will do to kind of be the combination of this story that Sammy's been having with Jay and the Usos. Uh, I think Cody is the guy who beat Roman, so Cody will definitely be a guy to you know, try and get in the first round as early as you can. And I think there's quite a few guys getting the upper like, bit of the card together like, for your Drews and people like that because and you're like yourself Rollins because I think Cody will win both belts but at some point afterwards they'll try and have him defend both belts separately and try and split them up so I'd get somebody from like upper in the card because you never know if like one of them might take one of the belts off of Cody because I do think it's about time they bloody like split those belts as soon as they get them off of Roman yeah do you think he might do a, a Keith Lee as well, like after he wins the NXT and North American title, he vacates the North American title to say other people deserve an opportunity. No, I think I think he'll defend both belts. Potentially, maybe like he'll go on Raw, find challenges for the WWE belt, and then go to SmackDown and look for people like Drew or Crown Cross that are trying to challenge him for like the for the Universal one, and like he'll do like a Becky Lynch did for a wee while, where like you defend both separately, lose one but retain the other. And if he's going to lose one, I think it's going to end up being the Universal. Because he mm-hmm. got that promo when he first came back about which it meant to him to win the WWE title because that had all the legacy and it had, uh, had like his dad never got a chance to win it. But I think also when you look, when you look at the uh, look at the scores, I think people like Gunther. I think Gunther is talking about whether or not he wins keeps the IC title because there's a chance if he keeps the belt he could break Honky Tonk's record. But if he doesn't, if you believe the rumours, he is a future title contender mm-hmm. uh, for one of those top belts that he could get into a programme with Cody. 
and had another had another pick. That was, oh yeah, I also think Solo Sequoia is like a decent like, second or third round pick that will actually really pay dividends next season because mm-hmm. like he lost by DQ. It's one of the only real losses on the main roster so far, but it was by DQ because they're trying to apparently protect him as much as possible for a potential showdown with Roman Reigns at some point. So I think we're building to a. As I said, the, the group chat, I like a Batista Triple H style turn from like back in 2005. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had uh, we had talks with about Solo Sokoa being a potential uh, big scorer next season, especially if the, the bloodline breaks down post-mania. So it's, uh, yeah, and if they're protecting him to get wins all the time, I think he'd be a, a very solid second round pick as far as uh, selections go. But just while we're talking about big scorers, uh, somebody I've noticed that hasn't had a very good season thus far is um, two members of Damage Control, Io Sky and Dakota Kai, both currently sitting on only five points this season after they pretty much ran rampant from during the SummerSlam to Survivor Series season. Do you think this is just a bit of a, a downer season for them, or could they potentially bounce back uh, next season? Uh I don't know. A lot of the scores depend on next season uh, because also you had you had the thing where like they won the belts but then they lose them again. They lose, lost at, like war games and that, so they're a bit of a downturn. But mm-hmm. you know maybe they could tell a storyline about you know, the dysfunction of damage control then falling apart across like the spring and summer. They did so having that storyline with Bailey would keep them on TV all the time, but. Yeah, that initial like push with it for the first couple months when they came back really paid dividends for whoever had both of those two on your team. But mm-hmm. uh, I think that initial honeymoon phase is really it's really worn off for those two. Mm. I mean, they are te- all of Damage Control, including Bailey, are facing Becky Lynch, Trish, and Lita at Mania. Becky and Lita are currently the women's tag champions. Do you think Damage Control could potentially regain the women's tag titles post Mania? Well, if they win the, the sixth woman tie, then I think maybe they'll be in for a shot. Maybe the, the night after WrestleMania against uh, Becky and, and Lita. Because there's rumours of a heel Trish Stratus versus uh, Becky Lynch at SummerSlam. Uh, mm. So maybe as the way I said that, maybe Trish will portray her team at WrestleMania. Damage Control get the win and then Io and Dakota get the belts back. Because also we know Lita... Like enjoys working with the younger, like the current talent, but you know she's not going to be around for very long. So eventually, Lita's going to have to drop her side of the tag team titles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it almost feels like a bit of a last last ride for the legends a little bit. But I mean, it is baffling to see Lita holding a championship in 2023 when the last time she held it was in 2006. It's uh, it's crazy how you know the wrestling books itself nowadays, but um. Yeah, these are all just uh, fantasy bookings and, you know, predictions. Uh, you know, we're all about analysis and statistical uh, knowledge here on Saturday Draft Live. Uh, and that's going to do it for us this week. If you want to catch more of this great analytical insight, you know, be sure to tune in every Saturday where you'll have either myself, Scott, Jack or Ryan uh, on hosting duty. Uh, and once again, be sure to follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Suplex Retweet. Um, also on TikTok as well, uh, so make sure you follow us there. And if you want to listen to our back catalogue, we're on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, 
now Spotify for podcasters uh, on all good Android podcasting sites uh, on your preferred device. Uh, but yeah, that's going to do it for us here. Thank you, Scott, for joining me and persevering through your uh, through your ailment. Thank you very much. Good to be here. I'm going back to bed. All right. I've been David Hockney. This has been Saturday Draft Live, and we will see you next time.